Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another day that you've granted us to uh, gather together and to worship you and delight in who you are and what you've done in our lives. I pray this morning, Lord, that you'd help us to bow before you and remind ourselves of who you are and what you've done, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, that uh, you tell us in, uh, in Isaiah, we say, uh, uh, in Isaiah 40, he says, have you not heard, do you not know that the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, whose uh, understanding is unsearchable, he doesn't uh, grow weary or faint. And so, Father, uh, we can bow before you and ask for help. And you can have hundreds of us here today ask for help at the same time, and you're able to deliver us and give us what we need. So we thank you and praise you for that. And I pray that you'd bless our time together this morning now, that you would encourage us and help us, and Lord, that you'd keep me from error, and that uh, you'd get honor and glory through uh, what we say today and, and, uh, and what we do today, Lord. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start with a quiz, and it'll be a short quiz. It'll be easy. I may, I may call on you, Dan. So how many of you were in the worship service last week and heard Dan preach on, uh, well, I had three hands. Okay, good. That's better. So you're going to participate, and that's a good thing. So what was the big idea last week? That's a little harder question, and, uh, and I'll repeat it. So you don't have to yell it, but you have to make me hear it. A Christ-besotted church. Actually, it was the mark of a Christ-besotted church. And what was the mark of a Christ-besotted church? Serving in selfless love. Serving in selfless love. That's right. And he exhorted us not only to serve one another in selfless love, but to do that out of the overflow of our meditation on the, on the person and the, and the acts, uh, the works of Christ. And, uh, and I thought, I, in fact, I leaned over to Deborah when, when uh, at some point in the message and said, uh, that's the introduction for my Sunday school next week. Because what I thought was, I was challenged myself and uh, to... Uh, to do that very thing, to uh, meditate on Christ and who he is, uh, to spend more time and energy in communing with God so that I would have the, the wherewithal to uh, the power and the desire to follow through on that, to serve others in selfless love. And so I'm thankful to the Lord for uh, orchestrating an introduction to this study and uh, and if you guys feel the same way then you're in the right spot because uh, I hope to help us in that endeavor uh, because our goal for the next two or three weeks I said two weeks in my notes and and I'm guessing it's two weeks but it could be three weeks depending on how much participation we get and how much I forget uh, 
but but my my desire is to cultivate a greater desire and delight in all of us in communing with with God through Christ. So I've got uh, I've got one more short quiz. How many were in here for some of the Sunday school lesson that uh, Jeremy taught uh, over the last five weeks? Okay, good. And so I want to I want to summarize that. Uh, I want you to help me summarize that. So, what was the first sola? Scripture alone. You you don't have to speak Latin. Just so it's, what what did he describe the scripture as? Remember, he made a picture in the last week. The foundation. So. So the scriptures are the foundation. Then what was built on the foundation? What was the next sola? Sorry? You keep speaking Latin. <laughs> there we go. The foundation of scripture gives us uh, grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. And what was the peak? To the glory of God alone. Okay, so uh, we learned that, that our salvation is from grace alone. But grace that saves is not alone, right? So uh, God has given us means of grace and, uh, or, or spiritual disciplines, we sometimes call them. I like to call them means of grace. That's a little bit of an old-fashioned term. Uh, the, Par- the Puritans use that. And, uh, and it's, it, it's a... It's a it's a vehicle that God provides for us in order to do the things that he commands us to do. And we are involved in that, in our sanctification. And, uh, and it's for our sanctification and our good that he gives us means of grace. So tell me some of those means of grace or the spiritual disciplines. Prayer. Somebody read the handout. Okay. So prayer, what are some of the other ones? Sorry? Meditation, thank you. Next. There's more than two. What'd you say, Larry? Say it again. Preaching, preaching the word. Reading the word. Hearing the word. Meditating on the word. There's still more, one of which was he talked about last week was serving others, uh, ministering one to another, uh, giving, evangelism, worship, all of these things are means of grace. But as we, as we think about the means of grace, uh, since you have the handouts and somebody's already mentioned it, uh, what's the one discipline you know that's right to practice and we have trouble doing it. Prayer. Yeah, yeah, prayer. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, the first uh, blanks on your, on your uh, handout is prayer may be the simplest uh, yet hardest thing we do as Christians. Could I get somebody to get me a glass of water? I'm not going to get finished here without that. I apologize. Thank you. 
So uh, we're not alone in our thinking uh, if we think that prayer is hard. I, I was reading after some of, the, uh, some of the folks that have gone before us, some of the saints that have gone before us, and I found a couple of... I'm going to get all kinds of water. Thank you. That's good. Now I can go for another hour. So I was reading after some of them, and one of them was a man named Richard Newton. I don't know if you've heard of Richard Newton, but uh, Charles Spurgeon called him the prince of preachers to young people. Uh, so Richard Newton was, was quite a, uh, a, a preacher of the Word of God. And he said, the more spiritual any duty is, the more my carnal heart is apt to stray from it. And uh, uh, Martin Lord Jones uh, said it a little more succinctly. He said, everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. And, and, uh, and the scriptures testify to that as well. And you have some of them on your handout. Uh, Colossians 4.12, Epaphras was always laboring fervently, competing for a, uh, competing for a prize or with zeal or fighting in prayer. And that, that Greek word there for laboring fervently is where we get our word agonize from, agonizo. So uh, the scriptures remind us or clarify for us that prayer is not something we enter into lightly. Or if we do, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't persevere in it. Romans 15.30, Paul was asking the Romans to strive in prayers for him. And again, that's... The implication is there's a fight going on or a contest going on. And then James 5.16, at least in the King James, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that fervent prayer is hard work. And then I, I added one uh, as, as I was looking at these later. Uh, Jesus uh, cried out with tears as he was praying to the Father. And so uh, we know that prayer is hard work, but uh, we do other hard things, right? And uh, Spurgeon said, when we cannot pray as we would, it's good to pray as we can. And so uh, as I'm starting this introduction off with, uh, with the recognition that prayer is hard, that doesn't absolve us from the opportunity and the responsibility, the duty, the joy of praying. So... Uh, remember in Second uh, Corinthians five nine that we make it our aim to please the Lord, and Proverbs fifteen eight the prayer of the upright is his delight. And and I might ask the uh, biblical counselors or want to be biblical counselors, what's the verse after Second Corinthians five nine? What what does that admonish us? Where do we get our encouragement to? To, that our desire is to please the Lord. Yeah, we're, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So uh, just saying prayer is hard and therefore I'm not going to do it is not the right answer. So, so how many of us would honestly say that we'd want, need, and would welcome some help uh, in our prayer life? Uh, if that's your goal, then, then uh, you can join me in this well, you're here anyway, so you will, you will, you will join me. Uh, uh, 
Uh, first thing I want to say uh, is that I have not yet attained in this discipline myself, and I do need the Lord's help, just like you need the Lord's help, to, uh, to exercise ourselves in prayer. And so that's what I'm hoping, hoping to do, is to go over some of the basics of prayer and then provide some practical help for our prayer life. Uh, we had a Sunday school lesson on prayer several years ago. Probably most of you were not here then. I think we had three consecutive lessons on it. And I borrowed a lot of material from that because uh, I gave the lessons. So I, I had, the, uh, had the right. And the, uh, so I plagiarized some of that material. Uh, but uh, one thing I want to start with to remind us all of and those of you that were here last week, I wasn't in here last week for the prayer and praise uh, time. But one of the truths, one of the one of the uh, truths about prayer is, uh, and I think it's on your handout, but you noticed it uh, as Rod was leading, is that we can't really separate prayer from the Word of God. We shouldn't separate prayer from the Word of God. They're joined together. Uh, and there's some scriptures there in your handouts that remind us of that. And the other thing that we recognize about prayer is that, uh, that there's praise involved with prayer, or part of prayer is praise. And C.S. Lewis said, uh, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise is not merely express but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. And one of the... Uh, uh, one of the examples of that is uh, if you were ever around me and my children when we were traveling, I'd always say, wow, look at that sunset, or look at that sunrise, or look at that beautiful uh, pond, or those horses, or whatever. And my daughters would always say, yeah, we see it, Dad, we see it. But, but my joy wasn't complete until I shared that and expressed that with others. And that's the same thing with us where we're, uh, we're commanded to praise God, but it's also a joy to praise God and to remind ourselves and others and share with others uh, the joy of being in the presence of the Lord and seeing his goodness to us and, and repeating that uh, to others. Join me in, in praising the Lord. And uh, Psalm 34, he said, uh, "Oh, let us exalt the name together, the, His name together." And so that is part of prayer: is uh, is tying it to the Word, but also reminding ourselves that prayer, that praise is involved in prayer, and in fact, it it it's a consummation of our prayers. So the scriptures that you have there uh, on prayer, uh, they remind us that that uh, that that the word of God, his word informs his will and therefore allows us to pray in a way that's pleasing to him. John fifteen seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And fourteen thirteen says, whatsoever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So there's another thing about prayer and I'm not going to beat on that very much, but our goal in prayer, just like our goal in everything else, is to glorify God. And so we need to understand how to glorify God. And, and we, need how to, 
we need to know how to align our prayers up to, with his will. And so again, the word of God is, is necessary. 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So our goal with the word, one of our goals with the word, is to align our prayers with God's will. So we hear from God through his word, and then we, so he's the initiator again. He's the initiator in, in everything, but certainly in our prayer life. He informs us through his word uh, according to his will and, and directs our prayers according to his will. And so it's, it's critical that, that we not separate our prayer life from the, from the word. And uh, I'll, I'll just say one thing in here. Uh, if we separate our prayer life from our knowledge of his word, uh, we might fall into more of the contemplative prayer uh, situation. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with that term, but uh, I think it, it, I don't know for sure the origin of it, but it, at least part of its uh, popularity comes from uh, Catholic mysticism and the, and the emphasis there on contemplative prayers. You empty your mind and then wait to hear from God, and that's a dangerous thing to do, and it's, uh, it's, not, it's not the way that we're encouraged to pray. And even the leader of the contemplative prayer movement said, it's dangerous, you, can't, you, can't, you shouldn't be doing this as a novice uh, because you could expose yourself to all kinds of danger. And, uh, and I would take that one step farther, you shouldn't do it as a novice and we shouldn't do it as, as, uh, as experts in prayer either. Uh, so, uh, informing our, our prayer life with the word uh, through uh, meditation is, the, is, is my admonition to myself and to you. So, meditation <clears throat> joins uh, the word of God and prayer. That's another one of your blanks on your handouts. I didn't ask if you all had a handout, but if you, if you need one, they're in the back table back there. And I'll be slow enough that you can... You have time to run back there and get one. So meditation joins the word and prayer. Meditation feeds on the word and then prayer feeds on meditation. Psalm 19.14, you can see this, this connection here. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 5.1, give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my groaning, or my, uh, King James says, meditation. So and that's one other warning I'll give you. If I quote something, it'll be some strange mixture of King James and ESV because I tried to put the ESV in my notes and, uh, and my head's full of the King James, so it'll be a combination thereof and hopefully it'll be understandable. Romans 12.2 be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. The scriptures are, are replete with admonitions to fill our mind with the word of God, to consider and ponder the ways and the works of God. So meditation, a definition from Thomas Watson, is a holy exercise of the mind whereby we bring the truths of God to remembrance, call them up, and do seriously ponder upon them and apply them to ourselves. And so meditation is, again, uh, feeds on the word of God, and then prayer feeds on meditation. 
And so rather than just being words uh, or requests unto God, they become, uh, they become repeating God's promises back to him from our heart because we've been informed and encouraged and changed by the word of God. Uh, so that was, that was a Puritan's uh, look at meditation. I'll give you a Frank Shannon approach to meditation uh, and a Russ Starr approach. Is, I call it rumination, which is another way of saying chewing your cud. Uh, and so if, if you're familiar with farm animals at all, uh, cattle uh, is what I was raised around, and they, they chewed their cud. They would, they would eat and then they would bring it back up and chew on it some more and digest it some more. And then, and sheep actually have four stomachs. And so sheep and goats do that same thing. And basically it's just drawing it back up again, chewing on it a while, getting more nutrition out of it, more uh, energy out of it. And then, and then uh, you're informed more with it. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. And so it's helpful it's not, it's not necessary, but it's helpful uh, to memorize Scripture. And, and uh, I'll just point out here that's, that meditation can be two forms. It can be spontaneous or, or uh, con- contemporaneous meditation, or it could be deliberate meditation. And if we have the Word of God hidden in our heart, anytime you come to a stop sign and you want to... You wanna, uh, explain to the person in front of you that the red light has now turned green and it's time for him to go or if you have uh, someone that cut across in front of you in traffic or your wife says something for the seventh time that you already knew uh, when you have those the the scripture captured in your heart you have an opportunity to ponder that and inform ourselves of truth and then to pray that back to the Lord and so uh, it can be spontaneous meditation, but there has to be uh, preparation ahead of that time. And again, I was ta- talking to Rodney about meditation a long time ago, and I told him we were encouraging each other to memorize Scripture. And I told him that, that the, uh, something to the effect that uh, the memorization isn't the key. Uh, it's, it's the process of memorization where we begin the meditation. And so uh, it's, not the, that, it's not the test that matters, it's the preparation for the test that matters. And so it isn't conquering the, the goal of memorizing the first chapter of John or Romans 6 or any of those things which are good things to memorize, but it's the process of memorizing where you, where you chew on a piece for a while and you, and you think through the words and you understand uh, more of what God is trying to tell us than that. So meditation depends on memorization, uh, at least for it to, to be free to medita- meditate at all times. But it isn't, uh, it isn't the discipline or the willpower that we, that we want to uh, treasure or, or delight in. It's, it's, the, it's the work of chewing on that so that we can be in, uh, have, the, have the nutrition from the Word of God and the power from the Word of God to change us and to become more like Christ. And in this context, it's to inform our prayer life so that we can cry out to God for the things that are pleasing to God according to his will. And I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. Uh, 
I did, I did Psalm 5, 1. So Psalm 1, 2. Uh, but his delight is starting in the middle of the sentence. Uh, because Psalm 1 tells you what not to do. Uh, Psalm 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 119.97, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. So we delight in the word of God and love hearing from our Father through the word. Uh, Psalm 19 is one of my favorite psalms. Uh, when he goes through the early part of Psalm 19, he talks about creation and uh, the glory of God in the, in, in the handiwork of God and, the, and uh, what he sees. And then in Psalm, in verse 7, he starts talking about the word of God. And he reminds us, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving or restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. The judgments, Lord, are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, even than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. So, uh, so we see the psalmist in, in 19 and in Psalm 119 reminding us. And in Psalm 119, uh, in my notes, I've got probably six or eight verses, but I'll just, I'll just read them in consecutively. In verse 16, he says, I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. I'll lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Your statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. So the statutes of the Lord can inform our singing, too. And uh, that's why the great hymns are so helpful to our prayer time. Uh, that's one thing. When I get to our structure of prayer, if I don't say anything about a hymnal, somebody say Say something about a hymnal, okay? Your statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. How sweet are your words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. And Psalm 1, uh, or verse 164 says, Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. And so the word of God helps us to understand how to, how to pray and uh, and we can use either deliberate or occasional meditation. Uh, and you can meditate on things beside the scripture. Uh, one of the Puritans, I forget which, where I read this, said it's, it's better to hear one sermon and meditate on it than to hear multitudes of sermons and not meditate on them. Uh, there was one lady that I read, I uh, can't remember who it was, but she said it was her practice to uh, to take the afternoon of the Lord's Day and meditate on the sermon from the morning of the Lord's Day. And so again, chewing on the truths of God and pondering them and thinking through them, uh, these are all, and, and I, uh, I think it's on the bottom of your first handout there, is help number one is meditation on the Word and the character of Christ. 
And I, I hadn't mentioned the, uh, the scripture that Dan was using on Sunday on Philippians chapter 2, but Philippians chapter 2, uh, if you can memorize at least parts of chapter 2, uh, there's a real help there uh, for understanding uh, the humiliation of Christ, which we saw in that message, and the exaltation of Christ, again, which, which warms our heart, fills us up with joy over, over what God has done for us through Christ in the gospel, and, and uh, stirs us up to love and good works, uh, so that our, our serving of other people is done out of joy and not out of duty. Uh, we, we love the Lord, what he's done for us. We want to share with others what the Lord's done for us, and we want to minister to others. Uh, so uh, just a couple more things about meditation. Thomas Manton said, To hear and not meditate is unfruitful. It's like putting things in a bag with holes. Uh, what, what we take in by the word, we digest by meditation and let out by prayer. I really like the way these guys think. Uh, William Bridge said, beginning with reading or hearing, and then go on to meditation and then end with prayer. So our, our, uh, take it in, ponder it, respond to God about God and, and about ourselves and about others. So that's what prayer is. We, we hear from God. Uh, we understand more of the character of God. We understand more about our own uh, needs and then uh, based on that foundation, then we pray. We, we praise God. We confess our own sins. We, we, uh, we uh, intercede for others, for ourselves. We petition God for our own needs. And then we intercede for others. And we inform all that through the word of God. Uh, one interesting thing I noted on another quiz, okay. How many of you have heard of George Mueller? Okay, most of you have heard of George Mueller, a great man of prayer. Uh, he fed 2,000 orphans at one time through millions of unsolicited funds flowing through his hands and thousands of answered prayers. And I read this this week or last week, and I was surprised that, that he changed his prayer life uh, about 10 years into his ministry. He said that for those first 10 years, he, his, his habit was that he got up early in the morning and the first thing he did was go to prayer. And he said, but what he found was it took him a quarter of an hour or a half hour, sometimes a full hour of praying before his mind settled down and stopped wandering so he could really feel like he was in prayer. And he said at that point in time, he changed his prayer technique and he got up and started reading the word of God first and meditating on the word of God and centering his heart on God. And he said it freed up and changed his, his prayer life to be more productive. Uh, that's amazing to me that he was, uh, that God uh, had been gracious to him. But he said he had given himself to meditation and yet he had turned, it, the meditation had turned almost immediately to prayer. Uh, he found himself led to adoration, confession, and, and intercession. So as we read and ponder the character of God and the promises of God and our own sinfulness and the grace that's offered to ourselves and others to change, we'll be led into adoration. It isn't something we look at our checkbox and say, oh, 
adoration's first thing in my acronym, so I'm going to adore God. As we think about and inform ourselves with that, we'll be led into adoration and then led into confession and led into thanksgiving and petitions and supplications for others. And just a reminder as we're talking about prayer, that our goal in prayer is, is to draw near to God and develop that relationship with him. Uh, we want to get more of God and, uh, and not gifts from God. So prayer is... Uh, listening to God through his word and then responding to him. And meditation helps us in that process. In fact, meditation is the fuel for that process. Uh, I don't know where I'm at on your handouts now, I think. Okay. So now we're talking about a structure and plan. And as an aside to that... uh, the structure and planning of our prayer is, is not the end of our prayer. It's the beginning of our prayer. We're commanded and encouraged in Scripture, and I think we have some of them there, uh, to be uh, constant in prayer, continue in prayer, pray without ceasing. So having the structured prayer uh, is time is not an end but a beginning of our prayer life. But it is necessary, or at least I I feel it's necessary uh, to fan the flames of our devotion. And so there's there's many ways to structure a a prayer plan, and I've put some of those out there. But the first thing uh, is to establish a time and a place of prayer. And uh, I put in parentheses there a a closet that allows little distraction. so we, 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 we need to be deliberate about prayer, just like we're deliberate about other things in our life that are important to us. And, uh, and it may be difficult to find a time without distraction or, or uh, a time when there's not a little child around with a lot of questions. And <laughs> I was around a couple of kids yesterday, that, uh, and there was, there was no quiet when they were around. I noticed that. Uh, so particularly the mothers of young children have to be innovative, I think, in order to, uh, uh, to find a way to make an effort. Uh, but ask some others, some uh, older mothers, uh, older uh, folks around you that have struggled with this and found different ways of, of finding a time, whether it's in the morning or night or noon or some other time. But find a time where we can be alone with God and away from distractions. And, uh, and basically, uh, one of the things, and I added this to my notes as I was thinking about this, uh, when we start our prayer time, uh, cry out to God for help to pray. Uh, I know that sounds basic, but uh, I found myself earlier this week just jumping right into prayer, and, and I didn't ask the Lord to help me pray. Uh, and, uh, and I use uh, something that I picked up from uh, John Piper's writings a long time ago, he called it his IOUs. It was just a reminder to himself, and it was some scripture, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not unto covetousness or unto selfishness. Open thou mine eyes and I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. So there it is again, starting our prayer times thinking about the word. Uh, Unite my heart to fear thy name. Uh, So we bow before God in a way that's recognizing that he is the king of kings and lord of lords 
And so we bowed before him and asked him to help us to fear his name. And then uh, the S would be, uh, satisfy me early with your mercies. And those are just four scriptures that, that I use to kind of remind myself of it's that, that I'm coming before God now and I, I want God to help me in my prayer time. And so, uh, so first establish a time and a place and then cry out to God. And then uh, I like the ACTS uh, acronym of adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication. And somewhere in there, uh, there's a petition also for, for our own needs. And so it, might, it doesn't sound right to put a P there in between the T and the S. But, uh, but uh, in your supplications, we can, we can supplicate for others. But uh, first, I, I usually pray for myself uh, because I know I need it. I need, I need the same things that I'm going to be asking God to do for other people. And so... Make sure that we pray for ourselves as well. So there's, there's various helps, ways to, uh, to aid our, our time of prayer. And, uh, and some people have made a prayer journal. Uh, uh, Pastor Dan mentioned this years ago to me. And in fact, in, probably in a Sunday school lesson, I'm not sure. But uh, he, he mentioned uh, making a prayer journal and uh, and. It's real easy. You get one of these composition notebooks that has 100 pages in it, and you take some sticky tabs, and you put five sticky tabs in it. And if you're mathematically inclined like me, you can take 100 divided by 5. That's 20 pages. And so every 20 pages, you put a, a, a tab, and you, and you say, uh, my first 20 pages are going to be adoration. My next 20 pages are going to be confession. My next 20 are Thanksgiving, and then maybe petitions. And I think Dan used uh, answers to prayer uh, for, for one of the divisions. But the beauty of it is you can make it however you want to make it. You don't have to follow Dan uh, or anyone else. Uh, but the benefit of that then is that you discover your own prayers, uh, your own scriptures to, uh, to inform you. And that's good because uh, we don't want to be parroting other people's prayers. We want to remind ourselves of truths about God that mean something to us. And so uh, at the end of, of the notes, or at the bottom of this first page, I put in uh, some adoration texts and some confession texts that I asked Dan to give me. And uh, the order looks kind of strange, uh, Dan said that's the order that he found them in. So, uh, so you can reorder any of those you want. But basically, uh, so that's one way of doing it. Uh, I started my own prayer journal. And, uh, and the beauty of having your own prayer journal is that you can then uh, record answers to prayers. And you go back and encourage yourself with those things later on. Uh, I have prayer journals from, I can't remember how far back they are, but they're not consistent. Uh, I, I waxed and waned with my journaling. So that's, that's another uh, encouragement to you. If, if you're consistent with that, you can, you can encourage yourself uh, in the Lord and go back and say, I remember that time 15 years ago when I was struggling with this issue and, 
and I go back and find my prayer journal and, and see uh, the answers of prayer. <laughs> Excuse me. And the faithfulness of God. So um, I put some, some uh, I think I did, I put some, uh, oh, I didn't on your section. There are my notes. You should have these notes. Uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 21 is a good adoration uh, section because it, it describes uh, Christ. Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 uh, reminds us that in times past, God spoke to the fathers uh, through the prophets, but in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. And then it describes him as the heir of all things and the creator of the world and upholding all things by the word of his power. And, and he purged our sins by himself and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Uh, so we can find uh, Isaiah. There are many places in Isaiah that remind us. Isaiah 40, I was reading this morning in Isaiah 40. Uh, he said, hast thou not heard, hast thou not known that the, the everlasting God, the creator of, of heaven and earth, uh, doesn't get tired, he doesn't weary or, or faint? And that reminds us and encourages us that, that he, can, he can handle uh, our concerns and our prayers. So, uh, so anyway, make your own prayer journal and, and come up with your own uh, scriptures, uh, or you can borrow Dan's here at the bottom. Uh, but again, I would have a section in there for confession, Psalm 51 or Psalm 32. And again, in your prayer journal, one, one uh, little hint, don't write in all your sins in your prayer journal. Uh, because somebody may borrow your prayer journal at some point in time and that would be, uh, confession is what, good for the soul but bad for the reputation. So, uh, but, but you can you can put in there prayers of, of, uh, of confession and then remind yourself, as the Lord reminds us of our sins, then we can confess those. We don't have to write them down and burn them or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, so make your own. Uh, the other option you have uh, is you can, you can get this either online or a hard copy of Matthew Henry's uh, book called A Way to Pray. And Matthew Henry uh, was a great uh, man of God, a preacher and a, and a theologian, and he wrote a six-volume commentary that I have anyway. I don't know how many volumes it is in other uh, media, but, it, uh, but he took time out. In fact, he stopped writing his commentary because he thought this was more important. And, uh, and he took, I don't know how many years to write this, but it's 400 rich pages of, of a, a way to pray, the scripture. And you can find it online free. And, and you can organize it a little bit yourself too. And I, I've done that as well too. Uh, so uh, I put tabs in this one too. I put five tabs in that because he set it up in those same uh, acronym of Acts. Uh, but it's a good jump start for our meditation and prayers. He also has in here in the back of this prayers for special occasion. And he has a whole section on the Lord's Prayer on how to use the Lord's Prayer in our, to inform our own prayers. And, uh, and there's a 
I can't remember the book that, that I looked at last time I was studying prayer. Uh, I think Reaching the Ear of God, uh, but it has a whole section in how to pray the Lord's Prayer. So that's another option. It's not in my, my notes and it's not in your notes, but that's, that's free. And then there's one, one other way. If, if you don't want to uh, wade through 400 pages of Matthew Henry, Pastor Randy has a, has a book called Praying with Scripture. And what he did was he took Matthew Henry's 400-page tome and, uh, and turned it into a, I don't know how many pages. I don't know if he's labeled, numbered the pages or not. Yeah, it's unnumbered pages, so I can't tell you how many it is. But he shortened it into a 10-day uh, starter, uh, starter pack for how to pray with the Scripture. And, uh, and there are a few of these left on the table back there, or there were, uh, and there, there are more coming. Uh, he switched from the ESV to the NASB, and uh, it slowed down the printing process, and so it'll be a, a, a several weeks, I think. Savannah, do you know how many more weeks? Okay, it's going to be a while. But he had about 10 or 15 of them there, and, and he may have some more at home. But, but uh, it's an excellent help. And, and this is the one that I've been using lately, uh, not because I've wore out Matthew Henry, but because this is handier and easier to carry around. Uh, but let me, just, let me just read a couple things. He says on day one, uh, number one, praise God. In praise, we fix our minds on God, and with an active faith, we set him, that is God, before us. We see his eyes upon us and ascribe to him the glory due his name. Then he says, let us rouse ourselves and take hold of God, which is from Isaiah 64, to seek his face, which is from Psalm 27, to ascribe to him the glory due his name from Psalm 29. And so we see from the scripture ways in which to uh, set our heart and our mind on God. Uh, and then consider that God is eternal and unchanging without beginning of days or end of life. And then he quotes Isaiah, this same one that I was praying this morning. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And then from First Timothy, he's the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. To him belongs honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he goes on after several more adoration scriptures and goes to confession. And he uses Psalm 51 and Psalm 32. And so uh, I would encourage you to, to uh, avail yourself of some help. And this is an excellent uh, excellent material. Uh, there's one more called, strangely enough, Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. And this one is, is has, I, I honestly don't think I finished reading the book. It's a little book, but I figured out halfway through it that it's, uh, his, his premise is so simple. He basically says that, uh, that's, that oftentimes our prayers get boring because we pray for the same old things. And that's not a bad thing because the important things in your life, uh, your family, your kids, your friends, 
your circumstances rarely change uh, often. They change, but they don't change often. And so we pray the same, uh, about the same things. Uh, I've, I was praying, I've been praying for some of the same unsaved people for 20 years. Uh, and what Donald Whitney said is, it's okay to pray for the same old things, just don't say the same old things. And, and so how do we keep our prayer life from being boring? And, and it happens. I mean, we've heard little kids pray and then thinking that's kind of silly. They say the same thing over and over and over again. And then sometimes we, we start praying to the Lord and we say, whoops, there I go. I was, uh, it, I was saying it by rote, you know. Uh, so what he said is uh, his solution to that was praying the scriptures and and. And his emphasis was on psalms. And he basically said, if, uh, if you take a psalm and read through a psalm, identify the things that the psalmist is praying for, and then pray those for yourself and pray those for other people, uh, you, have, you have 150 opportunities to not get boring. And by the time you're finished with that, you can start over. And, and uh, it's, it really is simple. Uh, I don't know where I'm at in my notes again. Uh, but Psalm 19 is one where we can pray, uh, remind ourselves of the, of the glory of God and, and give thanks to God for all, all of his creation and then thank him for his word and then pray uh, for individuals. Uh, pray that this, uh, this simple guy will be made wise you can start with yourself and go on to somebody else uh, that that they can uh, be informed by the scriptures uh, praying for somebody that's unsaved the law of the Lord is perfect converting, reviving, restoring in enlivening the soul uh, we could pray Psalm uh, 103 uh, bless the Lord O my soul uh, and thank him for all of his benefits and then start walking through the benefits of that, that God gives us and uh, we can pray Psalm 104 and remind ourselves of the creation. Uh, Psalm 27. Uh, there's there's uh, various places we can go, but but that inform. And uh, in my notes, I said we can pray almost any scripture as we meditate on the truths revealed about God and us in the Word. So uh, so pick one of these ways that I've mentioned here, or uh, after. After Sunday school or after church today, you can talk to one another in your time of encouragement and exhortation to one another. You can ask a question, uh, what's worked for you uh, to find a time to pray or find a way to pray? Have you used any of these techniques or have you used a different one that works good for you? So encourage one another uh, on unto love and good works. And then I'll mention two others. Uh, pray with others and read biographies. And uh, I've got time to talk about pray with others, I think. Uh, we can learn a lot from praying with others. Uh, I've learned an awful lot uh, about praying, uh, about prayer by praying with my wife or my kids, uh, with the elders, uh, with uh, in ISI, and I'll just use one illustration, there was, there was a gentleman that used to go to church here. He's been gone for five or six years. 
Leslie uh, No was his name. He spelled his name N-G-O. He was from Cameroon. And Leslie and I uh, met each other at ISI and, and started uh, discipling one another. And I don't know how many years, uh, but I was working in Dallas and Leslie was living in Arlington. And on my way home every Tuesday night, I'd drive an extra half hour so I could meet with Leslie. And uh, I learned, learned a lot about prayer from Leslie. <clears throat> he was so excited. Uh, we often didn't get to the message or to the uh, to the reading of the word and and exhorting one another and encourage one another. Uh, we would pray, and sometimes uh, I would just listen to Leslie pray, and uh, he he could pray for fifteen or twenty minutes without taking a breath. I think he was a fast talker anyway, but. Uh, I remember one time uh, that I, I, I could often figure out where he was reading because I just remember the, uh, what he was praying about. But uh, he, would, he prayed through most of Psalm 104, and I was encouraged to re- be reminded about, you know, that God brings the rain. He waters. He gives food to the beasts. He, he gives breath, and he takes away breath. All these things that, that he was praying, I was encouraged by. And so... You can be encouraged a lot and learn a lot about praying with praying with other people. Uh, in the prayer time that we have here Sunday mornings, I've learned a lot about prayer. Uh, and then read biographies. Uh, pay attention to the prayer life. Uh, I talked to somebody earlier about uh, Robert, uh, or John Patton rather, or George Patton. Is it George or John? John Patton. My notes said George. Anyway, there was an, uh, um, uh, an instance in there where he remembered when he was on the mission field uh, in the, with uh, uh, bringing the gospel to, to the cannibals in the South Sea Islands, uh, he was encouraged for the protection of God because he remembered his father's prayer closet in their home. And his dad would go in in the morning and at noon and at night and uh, Patton was encouraged by remembering hearing his father cry out for the salvation of his kids and the protection of his kids and so he learned from his father but we can learn from from uh, Patton from his biography and from others George Mueller and Praying Hyde and and many others Uh, so uh, I think we're we're going to end on that note, and, and uh, we'll talk next week about uh, antidotes for encouragement or discouragement, because even with all of this encouragement and aids to prayer, we still tend to get discouraged, and our prayers sometimes are seemingly unanswered. So if you have that problem, come back next week, and I will give you the solution from God's Word. So, so let's, uh, let me... Uh, make some announcements, and let you know again. Did I miss something? I did miss, no. That's one of the quotes I was going to read that I didn't read. So, uh, let me close in a word of prayer, and then I'll read the announcements. Father, I thank you for this time, and I pray that you will use this in our lives to not, not, uh, not let us stay in a 
in a time of, of, uh, of having a prayer life that is not all that it can be, Lord, that you would encourage us and exhort us and, and bless us, Lord, with, with prayers that are informed by you and, uh, and born out of our desire to please you, Lord. Remem- remembering, Lord, and reminding ourselves that the prayer of the upright are your delight. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.